All right, lads, and welcome back to Triggered Reds. This week, we give our opinion on Rafa Benitez's shock move to Everton. Why did he do it? What do we think of it? And what's going to happen in the future? We also give um, our two cents on England and um, the semi-final this coming week against Denmark. Can we go all the way? Can we bring it home? Let's find out, eh? The way extra vibes. Oh, fair air then. Saucy minx. Yeah. Well, Rafa then. Fucking hell. I, I can't lie to you. I'm fucking, I'm absolutely livid about it. And the more I'm speaking to Reds, the more understanding they are that he's just gone to Everton and it's fine. And I know we were talking about it on Voice Note yesterday and, and over the, the, the last few days. And I've been speaking to a few different Reds online and a few Reds closer, you know, to, to the group and stuff. And I just think the overriding emotion of it, it's like, for me and you, yeah, I think I said this to Matt before, football for me and you and Premier League prime football was like 2004 to like, you know, 2010, 2011, you might say. And then it started to get all of it tactical, which we we spoke about in the pod with uh, John Welsh, didn't we? Yeah. I just think for me, like, I'm not pissed off about it because... He is our generation, and that so that that trophy, the Champions League, Istanbul, was was our childhood in a lot of ways, wasn't it? And I think it's um, he gets the pass because he's Rafa for going to Chelsea. That's where he gets the pass. I didn't like it that he went to Chelsea, but he gets a pass because it's Rafa and what he's done. Well, you don't go to fucking Everton. It's like having a beard for six years, and then she sucks the knobs into your best mates. And then you go, ah, you know what, though? Look what you did for them six years. It was fucking... Yeah. We had some good times, didn't we, for them six years? No, fuck off. Yeah. He's just sucked the knobs of fucking Everton and Chelsea. And everyone's giving him a fucking pass. That was like one of your experts with me and the lads. <laughs> good times. <laughs> with, with, with Charlotte. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know exactly what you mean. I'm not that bothered about him going to Chelsea. Like, at the time, it was a shock. Well, I was like, oh, that doesn't sit right. But he is a Chelsea-type manager, isn't he? Like, they go for top European names like him. So they're a dime a dozen at Chelsea. You'd expect it. Where What I'm saying is, for Everton to go for Benitez, it, it's really smacks of intent. Whereas if Chelsea go for him back then, even in 2013, it's like, is Benitez available? All right, Peter Kenyon, get on the phone to his agent and just see if he can cover for six months. That's literally what it was at Chelsea. No, that's about it. Whereas with Everton, they've obviously got their heels in, yeah, and they really won them despite the Liverpool connections and things like that. I think he's the only manager, isn't he, that's managed both teams since the 19th century. We were talking in work today, and you know that'll be just someone who probably... Fucking, that'll be some local fella who was like living in Croxteth or something. Yeah, and it, like, he, he was like, yeah, I'll go manage the new side now then. But but that's exactly what it was. He managed Liverpool in, in 1892, the year we were founded. Oh, well, yeah. See, I didn't even know the history of it there. You but, know what I mean? So, yeah, yeah. you know, he, he's not gone for Hughes, Everton. You know, he was with Everton in 1880. They founded in 1878. He was in there with them in 1880 and then came to us in whatever it was, 1892 or whatever. Yeah. Like, Fucking hell, there wouldn't have been a rivalry because we were a brand new club. Do you know what I mean? So, like, to, like, effectively, Rafa is the first one, then, isn't he? 
but yeah, in, in you know, especially in, in modern day football when you've got statistics and you know trophies like you know Champions Leagues and everything else, and like you say there with with the Chelsea thing, that's what Chelsea do. You know, Philip Scalari, Carlo Ancelotti, Jose Mourinho, Rafa. Um, you know, they go for these big name, big personality managers, and they're very much business like about it. You know, yeah. you win a trophy, you're still not safe. You're gone, like Rafa did. He won them the Europa League, and a lot of Chelsea fans, you know, did renege on the hostilities they shown towards him. But for me, and and you know, for Everton fans, which for you know, for once we'll agree, Mashiri has he's not listened to the fans there, and it shows just a blatant disregard for what the Everton fans wanted. I don't know one single blue that wanted Rafa at the club. Yeah, I don't either. Seriously. You know, out of the two blues that we know, not one of them wanted them to, to go. And it, it's like, oh, you know, what where's the where's the benefit for them? Because you know, he was he was sacked from Madrid, he was sacked from Inter, he was sacked from Liverpool. And I think he had a he had a good spell at Napoli. Yeah. And you know, albeit, you know, everyone raised bad him at Newcastle. Steve Bruce has got a better record than him at Newcastle. And everyone's calling for Steve Bruce's head. So you know what? What have they effectively signed? You know, in my opinion, they've signed a dinosaur of a manager whose best days are behind them. Just like Ancelotti and just like Mourinho, in my opinion. Yeah, well, they're getting them from Dalian FC, aren't they? In China, I think that's what they're called. Like, I don't even know what they're called. It's Dalang, Dalian. Yeah, something like that. That's the whole point, though. No one cares. So he's gone off into the wilderness to uh, to earn a paycheck, and then. You'd, you'd thought that would be it. You'd go off into the sunset. So, I mean, like you say, his last greatest win, I think, was probably Liverpool 05. Because, all right, when we won the FA Cup against West Ham, it still carried some significance. I don't know whether that's just me, because at the time we must have been about, I don't know, 14 or something when we won it. So it seemed like it was a big trophy beating West Ham in that final. And it's probably like the best FA Cup final anyway. Either that or the 2001 one, arguably, both Liverpool finals. So let's be generous and say 2006 was his last great year as a manager, I think, because 2009, we pushed for the title and he assembled his best team, but we fell short. So it, it, it doesn't matter. Like, realistically, it doesn't matter. And then prior to that, what's he done since 2006, really? He won the Europa League with Chelsea, but come on, if you go interim, look, most people with a, a good understanding of football who've got the football badges could probably have a good tilt at the Europa League with Chelsea. Yeah, look at the squad. And there's no group stage because he took over in mid-January, didn't he, mid-season? Yeah. So really, you've only got, what is it, round of 64 or 32? You've only got, let's be like modest and say there's seven or eight games then that you've got to win and you're Chelsea in an, an easy competition. So that's not really much of an achievement. And what did he last it in to Milan? Was it six months? Yeah, it, it wasn't a lot at all. I mean, his greatest achievement in Inter Milan was selling Philippe Coutinho to Liverpool. You know, yeah. that, that that was the biggest thing he'd done there. And <clears> you, know, you go back to, to to his achievements and people will probably say, if you know, if anybody, the hordes and thousands that will watch this, um, what are you complaining about then? You know, if he's if he, you know, if he's not that good, but it's more about the loyalty and the, and the appreciation. I know you challenged me on it and said, well, 
Liverpool did sack him. So where, where's the loyalty there? They sacked him because he, he didn't do his job. His job was to win the league at Liverpool, essentially. He had six years. He won us the Champions League, got us through the final, won us the FA Cup, but he couldn't get over the line for the league. And at the time, we were all calling for change because we all wanted that next step. He did the best job he could do. And there was teams around us that were better. Now, the Champions League is a massive, massive achievement for, for Liverpool. But let's have it right. That squad wasn't shit. Like, there, there was shit players in that squad. But a lot of that squad had won the treble with Gerard Ullier. And there was yeah. top-class players in that squad. And then he added even better players to that squad, which, which made a big difference. <laughs> but when you go back to what he did with Valencia, that was, you know, truly spectacular. Yeah. Was it, what was it? Was it one, one, two titles? Was it all one title and a, and a UEFA Cup? Yeah, just on the squad, it was um, it was pretty poor in comparison to some of the teams we knocked out, I'd say. But it was still a, a top five, top four Premier League side. Yeah, it wasn't a world class squad. And yeah, when yeah. you look at when you look at AC Milan, you know that team, the Juventus yeah. team, the Chelsea team, they were better than us, and we broke them down and beat them pragmatically. And there's no denying that his tactics had a massive part to play in that. But we weren't like fucking Burnley winning yeah. the Champions League, were we? We, we had the winning the league. Oh, do. Leicester winning the league. Yeah, yeah, exactly. We had the best midfielder in the world playing for us. One of the best defenders in the world at the time. And then we also had, you know, Javi Alonso in there. We had <laughs> Did Gaman, you know, World, World Cup internationals. We had quality. We just had then like Jimmy Traore and Milan Barros in the squad. It was Obviously. a balance, weren't it? Because you had a solid fullback in Finnan on one half and then a, a terrible one on Traore on the other yeah. side. So you had you had a balance and Luis Garcia wasn't amazing, but he had big moments and big goals. I always looked at Luis Garcia, just talking on, on the <laughs> perspective, I always looked at him a little bit like their version of Tim Cahill. Because like he just showed up with massive goals, you know, in, in a big yeah. moments. And what I wonder what happened to John Arnarisa was like, you know, we were only 14, 15, but he must have been injured. Yeah, no, he played, didn't he? He got the assist for Gerard's goal. The so why wasn't he playing left back? Maybe left mid. I'd have to watch the game again. We'll probably get yeah. chastised for not committing it to memory that we haven't remembered. But uh, yeah, anyway, going on to um, Valencia there, as you say. Looking back, that was probably as great as well. It is as great as night, isn't it? As a manager, Liverpool winning that, but that Valencia side was his best all round, I think, because he it yeah. was two titles he won. I think he, and the UEFA Cup as well. Yeah, and I think he got to two Champions League finals in two thousand and two thousand and two, or two thousand and one and two thousand or something like that. And that was with um, the likes of. I let and all that in the squad, wasn't it? Would well, you remember that goal Imar scored against us and he just cut us apart? He beat yeah. us over two legs, 3 0, I think. And I think that's what pricked our ears up. We saw them and we were like, who the fuck's this here? Yeah, yeah that, he, he was a real dynamo of a midfielder, him. But I'd, I'd go along with you in saying that probably Champions League, you know, uh, you'd have a, you have to have a lot of luck to win a Champions League or, you know, away goals, what can happen, oh, yeah. the, the ghost goal at Chelsea, all that. But to have the level of success that he had at Valencia, he's never been able to recreate that in what, 18 years? No, exactly. That dominance, no. Like that clinical strategy. No. And who he was playing against as well. You know, your Barca. Yeah. Peak Barca, peak Madrid. 
you know, Atletico was still a play, uh, you know, a good team. You had the other good teams in the league, and he he was outrageous for them. And I just think now, with him signing for Everton, it just it sours the Champions League a little bit for me. Now you've seen some of the messages and back and forths I've been having with with various people and what have you, but I just can't I can't swallow it. And I think you know, as I said to you yesterday on his Instagram. Two posts ago, he's posting pictures of Istanbul, and now it's a picture of him in a fucking Everton kit. What the fuck? Yeah, I don't know. It's a weird one. I'm not like, I don't feel as such like there's a dagger in the heart. But the only reason I feel like that is because he's sort of old news for us. It's more like we look back at him with nostalgia than anything. And, yeah. um, which, in a way, that should bother me. But it just doesn't, I think, because I don't really care that they're going to do anything with him. Um, I'm not like if Klopp went like obviously if Klopp went there that would be a different story and I'm, I don't feel I feel a bit apathetic to it now but I guarantee when we play them it'll be a different story because it only takes them to say one thing that might get misinterpreted you know like when he called them a small club yeah, and they were all up in arms years ago that might happen again obviously you can't call us a small club but you never know. He might say something like that. It comes across backhanded. And then there's a load of the fan base, just the, the, the ones that are giving him the benefits of the doubt might just go something well, like that. How hard is it to win a derby, even when they're in shift form and we're in shift form or they've got a shit manager or you've got a shit manager. It's always hard to win a derby, especially, you know, when you're going a Goodison. Yeah. They'll come to Anfield and they'll park four buses Four twenty sixes in front of the fucking cop. Yeah. You will, you. It'll be so hard to get a win against them with him being there, just because of it's him. Like he don't. He, he tried to do numbers on us with with um yeah. with Newcastle, and Klopp always bites, doesn't he? So after the game, he'll say something like you know derogatory about the system. They'll tell Rafa, and Rafa will say something derogatory back. And it, I just think it's a lose lose scenario because the Blues don't want him there, the Reds don't want him there. I don't think he'll do anything. He'll get them some good, shrewd players in, I think. And you'll probably get them into the Europa League. But, you know, for, for Everton fans now, you've, you've, it's, it's like going to a fucking shoe shop and not knowing what size shoe you are and just trying on every fucking shoe until one of them finally fits you. And you're like, oh, here it is. That's the one. Like You've just had Rafa there with Ancelotti. You've just had the same fucking manager there. But this one's less charismatic. And he couldn't do fuck all with 400 million. So what's Rafa going to do? Well, that's it, isn't it? <clears throat> I think that's all they've got. They've had, it's not so much they've had their eye on this manager or that manager. They've had their eye on a manager who can bring players in. You know, James Rodriguez, for example. And they're trying to continue that with Benitez now. So in signing Benitez, OK, yeah, they're going to keep Rodriguez. That's a guarantee. At least for a season. <clears throat> they might sign a few others. And what are they really doing, really? Is it they're just relying on his pragmatism in his, you know, his ability to scout players himself? Like when he signed Alonso or us, you know, brilliant signing from Sociedad. Um, are they just relying on he might pull a few of them out the bag and then his actual in-game strategy? But like we said there, his setup and his in-game strategy is pretty much well, a lot of it's been decoded. Granted, he's been at lesser sides since. Chelsea, you'd say, or into Milan, but what there's going to be a lot of losses there in for, the, for him that's this season. 
Yeah, well, you know, there was a lot of losses there for them last season. Well, and yes. Ancelotti was called Allardyce, as I've said. He would have got sacked. But, he, you know, it was Carlo Fantastico. And because of the name and, and the fact that Everton had signed and they were more than happy to keep him at the club, despite <clears> having, you know, the worst home record that they've had in, in the Premier League in how many years. And I think, with, with as you just said, with Rafa there, his style, it, it's over. You don't play like that anymore. Brighton play better football than Everton. You know, teams like that play better football. Yeah. Everton needed a progressive manager who can play good football and can give the fans what they want. And for Rafa as well, you know, why the fuck is Duncan Ferguson getting grandfathered in to every manager? It's like, oh, we'll give you the job, but only if you take Duncan. Is everyone that shit scared of him at the club? You don't want to fucking sack him because he's, he's now... He's working under Rafa. Say right. Rafa wants his own assistant. Ancelotti's own son had to fucking work alongside Big Dunk. It's either that in it or the fucking he's got dirt on someone at the club. But I don't Unless know. He's been goosing Mashiri himself to the fucking now. Well, probably. But he's only had what two or three games in charge himself. And he I think yeah. they got four points from it. So you can't really read anything into that. But yet I don't know why they are just keeping him on board. Like well, that's the type of club they are, isn't it? In a nice way, it's like you've got a job for life with us, Dunk. But at the same time, that's why you won't break into top four. I'm, yeah, si- I'm simplifying there, but you know what I mean? No, no, no. I know exactly what you mean. It's one of the reasons why, they, like what, what the Moors did with us, where they made us irrelevant. Mm. Ken Wright did that with Everton. The one thing Ken Wright did was he managed all the community aspects of the club fantastically. And he managed to bring in David Moyes, who was a fantastic manager for Everton. Now, they would have been round the doldrums of relegation without Moyes, 100%. And that mentality where it's like, yeah, you just stay on dunk. We'll give you a tokenistic fucking job. What's that doing for anybody? Because I'll be honest with you, as a, even as a fucking staunch red that I am, when Duncan Ferguson was managing Everton for them games, seeing him up and down the touchline going mad when they scored, I, I thought that was quite inspirational myself. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, like yeah. Seeing them going fucking mad with the crowd and the ball boys and all the rest of it. Like, that's what you want to see. And that's why a lot of Everton fans don't really hate Klopp because he, he's that way. He's passionate yeah. about the club. Relatable, isn't it? Yeah, and that, that's what you want to see. But he's dead to me. And anybody that's on our Instagram that's seeing all the posts I'm doing, it's me, not Steve. Um, so, you know, give, give Steve a break. But you're probably right. It's probably not going to amount to anything. You probably get the sack in a year's time. But eight million quid a year for a guy that's worth thirty-five million net already, just been getting paid that much in the Chinese league. Um, he's fucking soulless. It's quite a lot, that though, isn't it? Eight another eight million on top of your own net. Exactly, but that's what I'm saying. Money talks, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I'm, I'm just thinking there. If I'm a player, he doesn't get me off my seat. You know, like. Say, um, um, unless you're at a championship club, but say you're, uh, I'll just, you know, I like this player, so I'll just use him, Jared Bowen, and it, you get a call off your agent at Benitez once you're at Everton. Okay, things are going well at West Ham. But I don't think that gets you off your seat. And be, you know, as a player, you're not like, oh, yeah, I really want to work with him at Everton. I don't think so. Unless you know him personally from, and by the way, a lot of his successful players have now retired anyway, or they're at the end of the career. He doesn't get me off my seat. Yeah, I say Callihan is at Napoli. That might be one that he could realistically sign. Um, 
Jose Callahan. But yeah, someone else in the league, Adama Traore. Maybe he would because he's Spanish. But you know what I'm saying? I don't yeah. really think you you go. Yeah, I, I'm looking forward to that. That that really excites me. Like I think I think maybe if you if he was Rafa at Liverpool, you would because of the Champions but, League and Gerard and all that. Hundred percent. But I think that's also because he was an unknown quantity in England. Whereas now he had that knows, rep, he, from Spain. Yeah, everyone knows what he's about. There's no mystique anymore. There's no illusion. It was probably like the same with Mourinho at the time. It was like, who's this cocky Portuguese fella who just, he's he's got a big mouth, but fucking hell, he's living up to it. And um, just on a side note, they had a boss rivalry, didn't they? Benitez and Mourinho at the time. Like how the mighty have fallen, the two of them. But yeah, I don't, he's found out, like everyone knows what he is now. It doesn't intrigue anyone playing under Rafa Benitez. Like if they signed a oh. Julian Nagelsmann from Leipzig, that would be a bit more like that. You'd get your Wolves players, your mid-table teams, um, who'd, you know, Everton might come in for them and you might think, oh, Everton there with Nagelsmann, new up-and-coming manager, fresh ideas. I'll have some of that. I don't think you get it with Benitez. No, and, and that's why I think it's the, you know, take away the fact that it's Rafa from Liverpool. Yeah. That's why it's the wrong appointments, in my opinion. Yeah. Like, you know, if you wanted that, we said it on the last pod, if you wanted to bring someone into steady this year, you get Moise or someone like that. Like, why? You know, why? Why would you get get someone who's going to break the bank and wait for you? Although he's on, he's on less though than Ancelotti was. But players aren't going to want to play for him, and that that that's what one of the issues with Everton's going to be. Is all right? Yeah, you've got Rafa, you've got a few quid, but solve Liverpool, solve Tottenham, solve Arsenal, solve City, solve United, solve Leicester, and now people like Leicester are buying players that do the players want because they want to play for Rodgers. Yeah. He's another one you want to you want to play for him as a player, and even if Benitez was like this master tactic, he is a good tactician. But even if he wasn't stale and he was still winning everything, um, okay, that's a bit of a long shot. But let's just say he was still like quite good tactically and getting results, which he isn't as as he was fifteen years ago. Is um his personality's dog shit? Well, you know, you just said all the players he managed that like have retired and wrote books, they all slag him off. Yeah. They all slag him off and say he's fucking cold and heartless and that he's not good as a man-to-man. But tactically, in his prime, he was, you know, extremely efficient at what he did, spotting certain things. You know, when we spoke to John and he was like literally the most minute of the minute details, he would see it and tell you about it and it might make a difference in the game, it might not. But I just think now, Thiago said it recently, football's different now. Football's about athletes now. And it's about um, tactics and pressing and space. It wasn't as much like that then. It was more about pragmatism, not conceding, and then using the quality players you had to make the difference. Whereas now, everyone's got quality players. Everybody plays football in, in, in the league other than the shit teams. Like the only teams that, any team outside of the top 10, don't play proper footy, really. You've got like Brighton play, do you know what I mean? Villa play, Leeds play, Wolves play. All these teams play football and everyone does that now. So coming into to Everton, you've got to at least entertain the fans. And Phil Jagielka said the other day, he's not going to have a long honeymoon period. I didn't speak to him or not, it was on Sky Sports News. Seen him down the Sheffield Arms. And um, he's not going to have a long honeymoon period. Two games in, he's lost two or he hasn't won. 
the fans are going to want him out straight away. Yeah, no, that's true. And and this time there's no... Well, they're talking about fans being back in the stadium, aren't they? Unless they just fucking extend lockdown again with another excuse. But let's just assume the fans are back in, 20,000 at Goodison. Lad, we've said it before on here and in private. They were fucking in the ground for 45 minutes and they were booing the first time they've been back in months. Against United. So if they, you know, if it doesn't go swimmingly for them there, the pressure's on, put it that way, the pressure's on for them. I don't think it'll be a... It, they know anyway, they're not going to have a season where they run away with it. Like, where have they just finished? 10th, 12th? So you can't be expecting to knock, um, challenge top four on the back of that when you've just lost the manager because now you've got to regroup. Even if they fucking signed Klopp or, you know, a top, top manager at the minute, Guardiola, yeah. It takes time anyway, a good year and a transfer window. So you wouldn't have it anyway this year. And now you put Benitez there, that puts you back at least two years for your, your long-term plan. And... I just think they're thinking of it more as a glass half full type of appointment when in reality it's glass half empty. Yeah, I agree. And I think a lot of it's down to panic as well. Because if you look at Tottenham, they made approaches to managers and they all got fucked off. Yeah. And now they're looking at Nuno Espirito Santo. What the fuck he say his name? As like, like, um, you know, shit, we need to get someone in. And I think that's how Everton are looking at it. He's willing. He's a name. You're not, he's obviously not going to get them relegated or nothing like that. He might be able to steady the ship and bring in a few players. But, you know, but at what cost? And what I will say to, about Rafford is in this situation, he's got bollocks of fucking steel. Oh, because yeah. the hate that he'll get from them and the hate that he'll get from the Reds. Don't get me wrong, all this shit where people outside his house saying I know where you live. That's just, you know, pathetic. Like You wasn't it? <laughs> <laughs> that, that is just, you know, taking it too far. His wife and his kids live there or whatever. Yeah. You know, there's there's no need for that, but you know he loses a derby, lad. He'll get death threats in. Like I know. you know what it's like. It's that it's that serious, and you hear a lot of people from outside the city talking about it online and all the rest of it. And if you unless you're from the city and you've been to the derbies and the atmosphere now, they fucking hate each other at the derbies. They yeah. hate each other, lad. That friendly derby is a bit of a myth for me. I think it's more of a toxic environment than any toxic. Oh, by the way, I prefer that. I, when you go, I prefer that personally when you're at the match. I don't, I don't like all this handshaking stuff against Everton. And they're the same against us. But friendly derby, me ass. Like they used to sing songs about Gerard's kids not being his when he took a corner. Friendly. Yeah. Not unfriendly well, about that. We used to sing songs about Phil Neville's daughter being disabled and everything, didn't we? So. <laughs> What you did, fuck off. <laughs> um, and you know, it's not it's not friendly at all, and it hasn't been friendly, you know, as long as I can remember. You know, being a teenager to being a fella going and that, it's it's not friendly at all. And you know, it only takes it just takes a couple of bad results, and the pressure's going to be on a minute. So yeah, yeah I think he's a. Uh, I feel I don't know about you, but I feel better getting that off the chest. I'll be able to sleep well tonight, but um, yeah, <laughs> yeah, it it is what it is. He's a fucking snake in the grass. I genuinely getting... go ahead. Sorry, no, it's all right. I was just going to say he's won trophies for us, but you know he's played, he's managed Chelsea and Everton since then. Yeah, I genuinely predict bottom half finish for them. You know, like seriously, because Leeds are going to fucking improve second season under. I, I hate the memes. Like I, I don't think he's fucking 
the Oak act like Bielsa's the Holy Grail. But in all seriousness, they got another go with the transfer money, uh, the TV money. They can have another pop of transfers. You're in a climate, lad, where you just said before, everyone else has spent 500 million. It was like three years ago, West Ham spent 40 million on Felipe Anderson. West Ham. Yeah. Can you imagine reading that 10 years ago? You'd be like, who's what oil tycoons just bought West Ham? Everyone's doing it now. So Leeds are going to probably sign another £35 million player this year. Arsenal can do it with a £70 million. They could get another Nicolas Pepe. We can get whoever we want, really. Um, Man City, Chelsea. So I think it's another bottom-half finish because they've not closed the gap to um, the top six. And the ones around them are a bit more stable, apart from Tottenham. And Wolves at the minute, because they've lost. So everyone else around them, really, are, are going to kick on, I think. And I'm telling you, I think they will finish bottom half. Well, you've got like the likes of Villa, who've just spent, you know, 30 odd million on that kid <coughs> from the Championship, haven't they? And, well, yeah. You know, they've got, you know, whether Grealish leaves or not, but they've got, you know, a, a good, strong, young squad coming through. Leeds have, they're the wild cards. Obviously, they haven't been in the league that long. But you know, for a fact, West Ham, they've got European money now. They've got the television money. They've got the stadium, the club. They've got stability with Moisa and a new deal. They're going to kick on and get a few more gems like Bowen and, and you know, other players that they've bought yeah. in. And it, the issue, what's that? Sushik, just the other. Yeah, so. yeah. The issue with it is, the only way to really break in and to, and to, to do that, the only teams that have actually affected the top half of the table in recent times where it's been meaningful change has been Leicester and Liverpool because the managers that they've got, that's yeah. the only reason. Leicester have bought in Rodgers. They're challenging for Champions League every year now. They're in Europe every year now, last two seasons anyway. We bought in Klopp, took a couple of years. We got Champions League footy straight away, second Champions League and then won the league. They're the only people that have done it and made a difference. So it's, it's all about the right appointments of, of, of um, a manager and Everton just haven't, haven't got that right yet. So I don't, I agree with you. I think he probably will struggle to get into the top 10. And um, yeah, the jury will be out on Rafa fast. Interesting. Watch this space. Watch it. Yeah. And then moving on from that, <coughs> England in it against Ukraine. Coming on, <laughs> isn't it? Yeah. I think... If we get to the final and lose, that'll be shit, but it's still progress because we've beaten Germany already. But I was talking in work the other day and I'd forgotten all about Muller's chance, you know, and Stale and put him in. Fucking hell. What a miss that was. Like, he actually, yeah. I thought he, he made good contact with it. It was a good strike. He just dragged it. Well, he did pick for it, didn't he? He picked for it, went the wrong way and you yeah. just assumed that was going to be in and that would have been so England and, and it would have robbed Stale at that moment as well and you know, when the goals went in, as much as like, you know, it doesn't mean as much to it as it does with Liverpool. And I want it to mean as much to me as it, as it does because, you know, I am patriotic to, you know, to be from England and I do want them to do really well. But when the Kane one went in, I was like proper made up, do you know what I mean? And to, to see to see the lads around him and he's had tough tournaments and all the rest of it, speculation as far as future, it was massive. And I think... Um, Imagine we win it, like, Sir Harry Kane. <laughs> well, it shouldn't happen. It shouldn't happen, but it will, probably. Well, he, got, he got an MBE for scoring a few pens I know. in the last tournament. If we get to the final, Southgate will get knighted. I guarantee you, he'll get knighted if we get to the final of this, of this competition. Yeah, 
if if we don't look, we got Ukraine the weekend and they were vulnerable at the back against Sweden. Um Shevchenko's starting, isn't he? <laughs> Who's that fucking player Sweden had on the left? Like he kept cutting in, he had blonde there. It's not that y- Yamachuk, is it, or whatever his name is? No, he'll be Ukrainian. It might be, let's just say it's Forsberg. Forsberg, let's just say it's Forsberg, yeah. Ukraine, they were, I mean, Sweden were getting out as well, but Ukraine was so vulnerable at the back. They got Zinchenko, who was a good left back. Like, there's no way we cannot win against them. So you'd imagine them will knock them out, get to the semis against Denmark or the Czechs. I think Denmark will be a danger. Um, even without Ericsson, they do play good football. They've got um uh he's not that he's not brilliant, but Braithwaite, the striker, and they've got a f- proper like whippets in the team, and the, the they are good technicians throughout the history. They've like, got Paulson as well, haven't they? The big lad up front who plays the lights. Yeah, he's like the Brit the one got the top the yeah. Top not yeah, him. That's who I was thinking of. So I think they'll be the danger team, if anything, but still we should beat them. Well, I think, like you say, without Ericsson, as horrific as it was, you know, watching that live, that's galvanised this Denmark team in, yeah, into yeah. playing for something more than, you know, just playing. They're playing yeah. for him, aren't they? And they're playing yeah. for the country and it's brought them great solidarity. So, uh, yeah, they, they would be a real threat to beating us, I think. But um, I still think we should do them, them and Ukraine. I'm assuming, like, they'll knock Czech Republic out. Um, I hope they do like being part Danish, but if if they meet us, you know, it's England all the way, like no doubt. Um, and then in the final, I think like we probably will fall short just because you're coming up against Italy or um Belgium, is it? What or do mm-hmm. they play each other? Either yeah, way, they play each other, yeah. So you you're coming up against the top team by that time anyway. But even if it's Spain, we should beat them. But you just know with England, maybe it might just be a bit too much for them, a bridge too far. Hopefully not. But we'll see what happens. Like, we're definitely capable. It's just always been, can we step up and fucking do it? Which, as we said last time, we've had better teams than this. We've had better England teams than this team in our time. Like, Rooney and Owen up front are better than what we've got up front now. Harry Kane's quality, but look, Rooney and Owen on paper, should be better. And, he, you know, Owen, Owen was one in two. Rooney's the highest ever goal scorer. So we've had better teams than this one. It's just this team is actually doing the business when, in, when it matters. Although they didn't do it in 18, but it looks like they might end up doing it now, which is the difference, isn't it? Well, yeah, they're, they're playing far more cautiously, aren't they? They haven't conceded a goal in the competition. They're the only team to not concede a goal in the competition. They've conceded like a third fewer shots than the Ukraine as well. Pickford, for whatever reason, is just the top class goalkeeper for England. And it's it's yeah. very strange, but he is. And you know, I, me and you've always slagged him off for Everton. You know, we've always said he won't win nothing with him in goal. But for England, he's a he's a different beast. But they're not playing great football. They don't look brilliant to watch. They're not creating a lot of chances, but they're doing enough to win games. And I think Southgate and I can't remember his assistant's name. But I was looking at an article and they said that they analysed teams that had won the Euros and won the World Cup and looked at what they were doing well. And other than that, you know, famous Spain team, you know, that just blitzed everybody with fantastic football. Most of them play pragmatism and they win games narrowly and they just have enough to get through. So I think that's what they've looked at. 
the one thing I'll say about Southgate, you know, he, he stumbled into that job. He was only there on the interim and everything else. But he's one of the few managers that will actually change his tactics for the game. And he won't just say, we'll play the clock way or we'll play the pep way. Oh, he's yeah. like, right, Germany are playing five at the back. We'll play five at the back. You know, the, the, he changes his tactics based on the game. And he gets slagged off for that by changing his fullbacks around and everything else. But how can you slag off someone who's done everything right so far in this competition? Well, that's it, isn't it? It's like a pendulum swinging until we get knocked out and he's just shit. Shit, <laughs> yeah. But, um, no, I, I do like that, managers to be reactionary because he probably realises as well at international level, you don't really get a team that's in the pump above everyone else because, look, Belgium have probably got the best 11, but Spain could beat them. They could do because I think everyone, every international team, they're liable to their arse going. They are all liable to bottling it. I yeah. think that's the difference with club football where... Say Liverpool, you got you sort of got the right to be like, yeah, we're Liverpool. We play 4-3-3 with overlapping fullbacks. Deal with it. You, you sort of got the right, whereas in international level, it's one of them, isn't it? Like, you can have players. I've, I've never even heard of Robert Gossens before the tournament, but yeah, he was turning up for Germany in the group stage. you got loads of players like that who just come out of nowhere. Like, yeah, that's so one of the great things about the Euros, isn't it? Like, there's always a player. Like, remember, like, for France, when Benjamin Pavard, like, broke through and yeah. he scored that goal in the last tournament. And that, that's what is good about the Euros. Like, it shows you gems that, you know, like, Gerson's or whatever his name is, and, and these players that you don't watch week in, week out. And, you know, <coughs> that's that's what, like, what it's all about, isn't it? And then what's good in the Euros is a lot of them players end up getting moved to bigger teams then. Yeah, you know, yeah. So a lot of them are playing not just for the club, they're playing for, playing for the future yeah. in a lot of ways. And teams like the Swiss, you can't sleep on them because they've just got that grit and they've got, you know, that quality as well. Like, you know, they've, they've got like stardust in the team, haven't they? And it is, it's a very interesting um, competition this year. I think it's very even. A lot of the big players haven't shown up either. Like I know Ronaldo scored five, three were pens. Yeah. Fernandez didn't have a shot on target. Kane's only scored one, um, you know, and Mbappe didn't score other than the one that got disallowed. So a lot of the marquee players haven't shown up, but a lot of the teams that have got a good togetherness and are, and are tactically astute have done well, like Italy and, you know, England and Belgium I've got in the sweep. So, you know, if England don't win it, I want Belgium to. Yeah, I think that's the difference as well. Like, we are talisman. You said the other day you did in 2004, but our talismans never turn up, really. We don't really have a talisman this year. Like, you say Harry Kane on paper, but he's just not that type of player, whereas in the past, France, Zidane, you're guaranteed to turn up. Um, Henry, Trezeguet. Yeah, like, who else is there? There's just loads where, like, there's Latin for Sweden, you know. You, you, you can be a Sweden fan, like, five, eight years ago, and you know you're safe if, if Ibrahimovic plays. You know, like, yeah, if we score, he'll probably do it. So Ukraine had Shevchenko. Our big players have never turned up, where a lot of the other nations, the one, the players that they're reliant on, particularly up front, they have turned up for them, which we've never had. So we've, we've, we've been a bit unlucky there, and I can't really quite put my finger on it, why our talismans have never turned up, whether it's too much pressure or the systems don't really favour them when they've played in the past. But... I think yeah. there's a there's a lot to, to it, and I think the media do us no favors. Like the British media are, are a fucking shit show, 
And like as much as I, I admire Jack Grealish as a player, and I, and I love watching him play for Villa, and I like watching him play for England. They've built him up like he's Lionel Messi, like com- coming off the bench. You know what I mean? And I've said it. I said I've said it a million times on here. They need to just let the lads play and downplay the expectations, but they can't. They just have to build it up and build it up and build it up. And, they, and especially with our generation, the golden generation, they had to win something because they'd already preordained it when the yeah. squad all got together in 2006. This is our time. Look at Rooney, look at Owen, look at Beckham, look at Gerard, Lampard, Rio, Sol, fucking hell, you know, John Terry. Take yeah. your pick. And instead of just going, see what happens like the Spaniards did. And, yeah. you know, he fucking teared it up. So I think a lot of it's down to, to the media. You know, have we had have we had the best managers available as well? No, I don't I don't really think that we have. Like Capello, yeah, but they all fucking hated him. They yeah. hated Capello. No, no tomato sauce. Fucking hell, mate, it's like 30 calories. Fuck off. I know. Like <laughs> you know, that's just a power trip. And it's then you know, Sven's yeah. teams were good. We we grew up watching them. But there was better managers than that. Yeah, I know. He was supposed to be that good at Lazio when he's Sven, but I can't really remember it. But yeah, it'll be interesting anyway. I do think we'll get to the final and then it's a, toy, a coin toss, I think. it's It'll be more, not so much that we'll get outplayed. I think it'll be more so that we don't bottle it. Yeah, I think the, the, this team, I don't think... I don't think they will bottle it because they haven't really... got You know, they've got nothing to bottle. Like with Netherlands the other day, Holland, they smashed it in the group. And they, their asses fell out of them in the knockout stage. Yeah, yeah. They just didn't show up at all. Whereas in the group, we haven't really hit our level yet. Do you know what I mean? Oh, that's that's true. That's true. It's surprising as well he hasn't really played Sancho because Jürgen Klinsmann was on BBC and he was like, in Germany, we, we were all discussing how does Sancho not play in the England team. Now, I don't watch Dortmund in and out, but you see his numbers and I've seen flashes of him like live in the games, like I watched Dortmund Barca a few years ago and uh, he scored the quality goal in that. He, he, he's he got it, hasn't he? He has got it. But it's just curious why he doesn't um, play him and things like that. But it's a strange one, isn't it? I, I reckon I'd, I probably would just go for the same, this team, I'd play the same exact 11 again against Ukraine because who's their danger man? Yarmolenko, who's quality, by the way. They don't have Connor Plank here anymore. So they got Yarmolenko who can cut in and get a fantastic shot off. Is he left-footed? So he cuts yeah. in from the right. So, yeah. And he's 6'3". So, yeah, you got Luke Shaw on him if, if Shaw's at left-back and then the left centre-back. But it's easy to read, isn't it? It's probably hard to stop. It's like Shakiri, you know, let him get a shot off at your pedal, but you know what he's going to do. They got Zinchenko at left-back who's, who's solid. Not really any danger, man, is there apart from Yarmolenko? And I don't know who the forward is. Like, I, look, it's Ukraine. Don't even know. I can't commit the team to memory. I remembered them when he had, like, is it Timoshuk, Shevchenko, Demler? Yeah. You were good then, weren't you? But I don't think this side's better than that one. Like, No, the, the, we should have more than enough. And I agree. Yeah. I play the same, the same team and... Sancho should be getting minutes. I mean, they've just agreed the deal in principle with United, haven't they, for seventy-four million today? Which, in you know, modern modern times, for a player like him with his age and his reputation, is a bit of a steal, really. Um, 
so you know he, he should be getting more minutes. He is a quality player. But then Saka has played well, I was, hasn't he? And, I was going to say, in hindsight, you can't complain, you know, because that's what used to do me. I didn't know about old England. It would be like, Rooney hasn't turned up for three games now. Tried the foe, but he'd stick yeah. with Rooney or something like that. Whereas now it's like they are all playing well. And this that Saka surprised me because Arsenal are, are terrible. Like they've been terrible for about three years. You take their good players with a pinch of salt now. Like they do look good on the ball, but they've been like that for like 20 years. Oh, there's a good youngster at Arsenal. They don't really go on to do anything like Fabregas did, Van Persie did. But well, a good a good English youngster, yeah. I mean, again, Wilshire built him up just to knock him down. <laughs> but I mean, he's been a shining light for Arsenal. He had some massive uh, performances in the Europa League, home and away this year. And he's a brave kid, him. He's not scared to take someone on, and he does it at pace. So, you know, I was complaining to you, saying the only reason he's starting over Sancho is because Sancho plays in Germany and Saka plays in England and plays for Arsenal. But, you know, he's been fully vindicated in his decisions, and a lot of it will be down to attitude and, and, you know, an application in training as well. But the one thing I, I disagree with there is the way... Well, I'd agree in the, in the sense that Rooney played three games, shit, and it's still play. We do that with Kane, don't we? Kane doesn't get dropped. No, that is true. Like, um, I suppose so. Just trying to think of something else. We don't really have any backup strikers now, though, do we? No, but there's games there where you're thinking Dominic Calvert-Lewin would be offering more than Harry Kane in mm. the group stages. You're playing some resolute defences with the Czechs and the Croats, very physical centre-backs. And you've got a player there with the best leap in the world, in in uh, you know the best striking jump I've seen ever. Yeah. Um, that could make a real difference. And I'm not even saying take Kane off. You know, you could leave him on, rejig the midfield, or take off one of your three centre halves for DCL. Go to a four four one or eight four four two, or you know change up the tactics. But obviously, Kane gets his goalie today, and I said to you, didn't I? I'm going to ask what he does in the group stage as long as he shows up in the knockout stages and he yeah. did. So that's all, all you need. And hopefully, I've seen Callagher, you know, put a put an, um, an interview out saying hopefully this will ignite his tournament because, you know, we, we, we do rely on him heavily and Sterling's come up trumps. You know, you, you've got to give him his due. Again, Southgate's it's got like Sterling for England's different than Sterling for City and Pickford for England's different than Pickford for City and uh, for Everton. So there's kind of a role reversal from like when Gerard would play or Lampard would play. Yeah, definitely. That's it. I'm a bit well. I'm I am disappointed in Kane so far, just because I thought he'd be playing, he'd be looking to integrate Saka and Sterling as the two attackers to get the goals, which they have been doing. But I thought he would have come from different angles, where like Kane would drop back and he'd put an eye of the needle ball through to Sterling, then Sterling had slotted. Whereas Sterling's goals have come from the Man City type style, where he's just run in the box and um, it's one such finish, which is yeah. fine, perfect. But I'm a disappointed in Kane that he hasn't like played that Tottenham style of play. But that's a question that will probably fucking go on forever with England players and why they don't replicate certain parts of the game for the the, the country that they do for the club. And there's loads of variables, you know. They got. At Tottenham, he knows where Son's going to go, Dunny, and all that type of stuff. Like, And they probably play more... I don't know. Tottenham probably try and play a bit more fluid than us, but... Well, for than England, but they don't really. But lots of variables anyway. Yeah, that, but it's mad because, you know, that, that England team's made for him. 
it's set up for Harry Kane. Yeah. You play three centre-backs with two wing-backs, so you're getting crosses in the box. <laughs> and you've got two whole midfielders to allow Saka and Raz to do what they need to do. And he just, he seems disinterested to me, but, you know, he's got his goal when it counted. Not that it did matter in the end, but 2-0 Germany is a lot better than 1-0 Germany, isn't it? And as you say, we broke that hoodoo now, haven't we, over them and it's about time, really. So I'm, I'm optimistic that he can hey, at least get to the final. It's still Germany, isn't it? Like, I'm not having people going, ah, but the shit. Like, if we beat United, it's still fucking United, whether they're 10th or 11th. It's still a big rivalry. So a win against Germany is nothing to be snuffed at, sniffed at, whatever it is. A derby's a derby, isn't it, at the end of the day? And most of the teams in Europe, other than France, aren't what they were. No, you know, no. France and Belgium are the only teams with real ability throughout. The rest of them have got age and you know legends and young upstarts coming through, and and that's just the the time we find ourselves in at the yeah. next Euros, the next World Cup. You'll be looking at you know Saka as a linchpin, and yeah. Sterling will be one of the uh, you know the the lads that are getting on in years. So yeah. it's a crazy time, and um, I so, do think they'll get, they'll get the final. So Portugal would have done better, but. It doesn't work like that, does it? But it doesn't matter anyway. I'm glad they're out, to be honest, because they would have been a, such a bogey team for us. I had them to win it. Like, I think you said the same, didn't you? I just thought with the players they've got, but, you know, it's like go you go back to Bruno Fernandes, don't you? Not being a big game player. And every time he gets asked the question, are you a big game player? He proves that he's not. Mm, that's it. Well, yeah, that's it then. Isn't it? Not much else to say there. I think we <coughs> covered everything. I've got a touch of the COVIDs. <coughs> yeah, we have, yeah.